five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And let's get over to the news and see what's going on. There we go. We're going to start off with Tom Fishburn. If I can find the right button. There we go. Whoopee. Okay, data-driven decision-making is today's fresh, hot-off-the-press cartoon. I'll pretend this data is... <laughs> I'll... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'll pretend this data I found is reliable, and you pretend to pay it to any attention to it. Yeah, and that... Uh... You know, it's fun. It, it's, it, it is fun. You know, a lot of times people will give me data sets and I'll just look around for stuff. And you can find stuff. And that's part of the fun. And if you're creative, you can find a lot of stuff. And it's, you know, and <gasps> imagine that. And I look at presentations sometimes and I'm, you know, uh, I always wonder, and compared to what? <laughs> or, you know, just basic question, basic data questions, you know. How many are in the sample set? You know, how was this data gathered? I ask all those questions. And uh, having worked with data from several billion-dollar companies um, and, and many, many small direct marketing companies and e-commerce companies and financial companies, I would say the data is a mess. You know, I fought with an insurance company for about four months telling them that this data we wanted was in there. Nope, can't get it. I fought with SAP for about three months. Nope, you can't get it. Yeah, we got it. Finally, we got it. It was all there just as I expected. Because to understand data, you might have to understand how computers work and how business processes work. And there's a lot of things that connect to it. And most of the data that you're, that you're working with is not, was not created for whatever it is you're trying to figure out. You know, so I went to GM. They invited me over, EDS and GM, and they said, uh, I said, why am I here? You know, you've got all the best minds in the world or whatever. And they said, uh, well, we wondered who would have bought a car if we wouldn't have given them the rebate. That's what they said. I said, well, what answer would you like? And they said, what do you mean? You're, you're supposed to work with data. And I said, well, uh, you probably didn't do a holdout test. You know, you didn't do, uh, you didn't, you didn't do a regional test. You didn't. You didn't do anything to set up the con the context to study it. I mean, you know, there are things, uh, now I know there are things I could have done. I should have answered it a little less smart-alecky, but that was the truth, you know. So let's get into back to Tom. Computer scientists coined the colorful expression garbage in, garbage out in the earliest days of data processing. The first, the, a term first recorded in an article in 1963, almost 60 years ago. Okay, we're still struggling with data credibility, right? Because almost never do we use data for what it was intended. You know, so many places in order. The things that we collect are what do you want? How are you going to pay for it? Where do we send it? Those are the things we do as part of operations, trying to get it all done. Um, then we start interpreting what did, what did you really want? What did you want it for? Who is it for? Was it for you or was it for someone else? You know, was it a gift? Was it a holiday? Was it an on-sale item or was it a, a you know, full-price item? Uh, was it the highest item in the category? So you're basically a highest 
high spender or was the cheapest item in the category, right? You know, with Musician's Friend, we found we found we could find business to business bands, you know, bands with real managers or who were really professional musicians uh, by looking at the guitar picks they bought and the guitar strings. Because when, you know, you can buy 10 guitar picks for $10 or something, probably less than that, probably for five, 10 for $5. And uh, they work. They work for me, you know. Uh, but they also had guitar picks that were like $25 a piece. Still a guitar pick, still works. But, you know, the guy who's a struggling musician isn't going to buy the $25 guitar picks, very likely. If Or or else he, he either has great aspirations Inspirations, or he has a lot of spare cash, <laughs> not much of a musician. And that's okay, too, because he'll still buy good guitars and good accessories and electronics and all that. So we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the best categories in a, in a, in a, the best items in a category. We also spent a lot of time trying to figure out who was buying a sale product. And it wasn't as simple as you think. We had a big fight, not a fight, but big dis discussion about, you know, was an on-sale item... 2% off retail, you know, when you're in retail, a 2% differential is probably visible, especially if it's some milk or eggs or some other commodity. Whereas, uh, you know, in, you know, my wife gets the Kohl's coupons and if it's not 30% off, she doesn't want to go. <laughs> it's not worth it to her. So, you know, we settled on something like, tw actually, we, actually for Brian, uh, who we were working with, we, we, we did... Uh, we did a 2% just to see if it had any purchase in the modeling process. And then we did a 20%, I think, off retail. And, uh, and we calculated the proportion of items that a customer would buy above those thresholds and below those thresholds. So we could find a person that really liked sale items and we could find people that didn't really care. And then we stopped sending the sale catalog to the ones who didn't really want to buy on sale anyway. And we would go deeper in longer recency. We would go to older customers who were really into sales and mail them just the sale catalog once or twice a year. Very, very effective. And this is the way data, this is what you, the derivatives of what you do with data that you may not have thought about, you know. But it assumes that you took a good order. It assumes that you have a good idea of what the retail price is and what the actual sale price is. They're original system that we worked with had a great had great tools for that the new system was a you know microsoft based and it didn't have that it just didn't have it and it didn't even understand how powerful what we were doing and how much money we were making them by just telling who was typically interested in sales and who weren't okay so anyway uh a study last year from HFS research found, and you can find the study if you get this downloaded. You can actually, you can actually get the the links out of the PDFs that are available at wdma.org. And I should also say that uh, I should also say this got popped down a little bit. That um, if you're really interested in in getting alerts for this show, you want to you really want to go subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if you if you look for Miglosh, I should probably add WDMA to the title or something um, to the. But if you if you look up Miglosh for Miglosh marketing, you will find it. 
and I'll put a link to the to the YouTube uh, because excuse me because I can find I can see comments from YouTube and from LinkedIn so some of you are some of you go one and some of you go the other but my style consultant says YouTube is much more reliable about sending a notification YouTube's you know they maybe they pop up maybe they don't it seems to depend on how much you've engaged lately so so anyway 75% of execs which is you know three quarters don't have a high trust of their data and probably rightly so and a Gartner study from a few years ago reported that 40% of enterprise data is either inaccurate incomplete or unavailable you know had lots of lots of questions about incomplete data you know you did a customer survey two years ago and and you found out that customers that are left-handed and from Morocco are 100% uh, loyal let's just say and you say can we use that to, in our database can we do a, a customer select with that yeah but the only ones you can select are the ones from Morocco you know and how many of the customers that are from Morocco filled out the survey you know Maybe we don't know it, and maybe we don't know if they're left-handed. So, you know, there's so many holes in data, and that's why we tend to use, not only do we tend to use aggregate, simple data, uh, but there's more causal purchase. There's more likelihood of actually there being a reason for the connection, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, um, about spurious correlations. Um, and somebody estimates that the data created in the next three years will eclipse the amount created in the per previous 30. And by data, we're using the term very, very, very loosely. And a lot of the stuff is derivative and not well correlated or not well checked or not well documented on what the value of it is. You know, there's a lot of wasted time with a lot of wasted data. Um, so anyway, uh, Nate Silver in in NPR still holds we're not that much smarter than we used to be even though we have much more information and I would cross information out and say we've much more digits and of course the higher the the bigger the data the more spurious correlation uh, and that means we're still that means the real skill and this is important listen up the real skill now is learning how to pick out the useful information from all the noise and for that, I highly recommend my little book, Spinning Straw into Gold. Uh, usually I lift one up, but I shipped one out. Someone bought it bought, bought it from me, which means I have to sign it. You can do that on my website over at Miglosh Marketing. But anyway, so I, so I don't have it handy now. Uh, but anyway, the skill is how to pick out the useful information. The reason the book is called Spinning Straw into Gold is because it's a good metaphor. Straw is a hygiene product that goes under the animal and catches what comes out of the animal. Okay? Straw is full of animal caca, which is a good picture of data. Now, how do you take that waste product and it was a byproduct of wheat and a byproduct of animal nutrition? How do you sort that out? How do you find value in that? And that's what the book is about. So if you're handling data at any level, you might want to check it out. And it, it, it's very it's it's very easy to read, but it's much more about the philosophical and, and epistemological issues in data 
than it is about the mechanics of it. So it's, you know, people tell me it's fun to read, gets great reviews. Okay, so uh, Tom said, writes, I think this is an important reminder in enterprise decision-making as we all try to get savvier over time and how we work with the data we have access to. And this is why direct marketing is so much more powerful than any other medium because you can test the observations. Data is really only about observations. Unless you can move from observations to test to repeated confirmation and then explanation and theory, unless you have that full process, you can't predict the future with your data. You can't tell what's going to happen next. That's the scientific method and it has to go all the way to the end. And the data is really only about observation. And the, the sad part is, is that we're letting the AI machines do the observation. We're taking the people out of the equation. And so if you're buying, if you're buying modeling and you don't know what the models are doing, you're insane. And if you're a data person, you should probably be fired. Uh, and that's, but that's the way everyone does it. It's, uh, again, you might want to read the, read the book. Uh, we have to learn how to be data-driven without being data-blinded. Neither accepting information wholesale nor rejecting it outright. And to do that is a, is a great art. And you may need extra software that isn't built by people with a bias toward machines. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cooperation. The machines can find the correlations, but the people can analyze it. Okay, so here's so if we have the if we have data, let's look at the data. If we have opinions, let's go with mine. <laughs> so here's a vanity metric that has nothing to do with sales. Here's a graph that doesn't match any other department. Old data, a nice pretty map. Maps are very difficult to interpret. No idea what this is or what to do with it, and that's pretty much most. Let's solve this. Let's solve this problem by using the big data. None of us have the slightest idea what to do with. And here one, we found this correlation. The bigger your data, the more spurious correlations. Everyone take a razor. Sales go up, shaved heads go up. So I had a little fun. I wanted to go see uh, what kind of correlations I could get. Uh, and so I went over to Spurious Correlations, which is a website. Um, I'll try to put a link in. It's called uh, TylerVIGEN.com. And I wanted to do some sales number, so I used per capita consumption of cheese, and I found out that it that it correlated really well with total revenue generated by golf courses. I think it's a .9897 correlation. I mean, we could round it up easy to .99. It's a perfect correlation. Uh, per capita consumption of cheese, total revenue generated by golf courses. I highly recommend playing with this site uh, if you don't realize how stupid big data can be. Uh, what we see is, is that the uh, golf course revenue didn't go up much in 2001. That was 9-11. You know, it's a little bit old data. And, and then there was a sort of a recession to follow. Um, the cheese consumption was pretty good, linear. But even that went down uh, after, you know, in 2008 and 9. But the cheese was coming back and the golf courses went into a big slump. But basically, perfect correlation. You can't get much better than that. Uh, but this thing allows you, this, this site allows you to uh, go and look up basically anything, oops, anything 
versus anything. So we can correlate the consumption of cheese with the lawyers in Iowa. Let's chart that. Okay, come on, chart it. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's the way it works. It's the way it works. Let's, I think I'm over the edge here. I got to get a smaller one. Oh, the consumption of cheese that correlates with the, there it is, with the lawyers in Iowa. This is even better because the lawyers didn't go down in 9-11. And it just went up. And this is a 0.983. Okay, excellent, excellent. So uh, let's see if there's anything else silly out there. Okay. Let's see if there's anything else. Lawyers in Hawaii, uh, lots of other civil engineering doctorates awarded in the whole United States. U.S. crude oil imports from Canada. Money spent on admission to spectator sports. Visitors to SeaWorld in California. People who died falling down the stairs. That's an interesting one. Wonder why that went up. That's a .97. So. Once you see the stupidity of data, I hope you, you're getting this. Once you see the stupidity of data, you understand why a tool that allows you to see not just the correlations and the coefficients, but the, but the why. And you ask yourself, how can this be? So when you see that the the correlate that the number of muzzleloaders correlates with the number of disabled veterans per capita in Iowa. You need somebody who's going to throw that away and say, well, that doesn't do us any good. It might be true. We don't know the causal direction of it. So the per, <laughs> the per capita consumption of cheese and the people who died falling down the stairs ties out great. That's what your AI is giving you. That's the scary part. So again, give me a call if you have data issues. Uh, we can do hygiene, we can do modeling, customer segmentation, uh, prospect models, a lot of things, but they'll all be understandable, even to your CEO. I taught Dick Cabela about modeling. <laughs> you know, we spread it all out on the table and I said, Dick, if you had one catalog left, would you rather give it to this guy or that guy? And he'd say, I'd give it to that guy and I'd say, that's what the model says. And he said, now that's after I got through with it. And he said, that's what fishermen are like. He said, this thing makes sense. So we went with it and they told me that we made them, I forget if it was 2.4 or $2.6 million more profit, one mailing, one drop. Anyway, have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.